What's up, everybody? This is Mike Isicki, tight end for the Miami Dolphins, and welcome to the All-Star Sports Podcast with your hosts, Gabe and Rafi. Hello, hello, and today we're going to start off talking about a blockbuster trade. Francisco Lindor has been sent to the New York Mets. Um, the full trade details are the Cleveland Indians got Ahmed Rosario, shortstop Andre Jimenez, who's a young player who played last year, is solid, and he's supposed to be good in the future. They got pitcher, pr- pitching prospect Josh Wolf and outfielder um, Isaiah Green. Wolf is now the Indians' 12th best prospect, while Green is their 16th best. In return, the Mets got, obviously, all-star shortstop Francisco Lindor and veteran pitcher Carlos Carrasco. Gabe? Uh, yeah, pretty interesting trade. Lindor's been in trade talks for a long time now. It's bound to happen sometime. Wolf expected to make his major league appearance in around 2023 for Green in around 2024. Both solid prospects. I really like Andreas Jimenez. I saw him play against the Nats last year. He looked great. Ahmed Rosario, everyone knows him, solid shortstop. The big part of this trade is obviously all-star Francisco Lindor. Last year hit 258, OPS of 750 in the shortened season. Bit of a down here, but... One of the top shortstops in the league, four-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger. Just yeah, I mean, you talked about the stats, but it was a bit of an off here. You look at the year before, he had for an 854 OPS. Obviously, we all have seen his fielding ability. He's great in the field and on a solid on base of 335. But one thing is, the Mets got Steve Cohen as their owner. Everyone knew he was looking to make blockbuster deals. He cleaned house and getting all new guys for that front office. We knew he was going to make a big splash. Now, this this may have been bigger than we were expecting. I mean, what I find insane is how poorly the Indians handled it. They knew Francisco Lindor wanted to trade. And, yeah, they get some solid prospects in return. And they get, they get some good prospects. But in return, for Francisco Lindor, and not just Francisco Lindor, but pitcher Carlos Carrasco. The Indians are a solid team. They don't need to be trading Car. They're already giving Lindor. They could have gotten more and not given up Carrasco. Right. I like Carlos Carrasco is being underlooked in this deal. He's super underrated, veteran pitcher, just bolsters an already excellent rotation. Yeah, Carrasco had a great year. He had an and- ERA of 291 and a whip of 120. Right, and he can come out the bullpen like he did at the end of 2019 when he was coming back from his stint battling cancer in the middle of the year. Um, and like I said before, um, it was a great trade from the Mets. Rosario is solid, and Jimenez is a good prospect, and Wolf and Green are pretty good, but it's just not worth it. I mean, you get, you're giving up Lindor. Yes, he, he wants to be traded. You could have gotten so much more. You could have gotten top prospects. Right. Francisco Lindor, he's a free agent after this season. That's one of the bigger parts, why they couldn't just milk more out of this trade. But still, one of the best shortstops in baseball makes them, in my opinion, the favorite to win the NL East this year, as much as I hate to say it. Well, yeah. And did the Mets um, give Lindor an extension or no? No. Um. Yeah, I think it's an interesting trade, especially adding Carrasco in it. Um, We'll see how it works out. I don't think this is going to be the first big move that Steve Cohen makes. But, hey, this year the Mets are looking good. Yeah. I 
like you said, Steve Kahn's going to make some more big slashes this offseason. I guarantee it. I would not be surprised if they went out and get someone like George Springer in free agency. Do they have uh, the cap to do that? Yeah, they do. Steve Cullen, one of the richest owners in baseball now. Yeah, I mean, I know there's no salary cap in baseball, but you see George Springer was asking for a $175 million deal. Is he worth $175 million? That's the question. I don't think he's worth $175 million. He's a good player. Um, I think you throw at him in a $150 million contract, and that's a good deal. But Right. I could also see them maybe even still getting DJ LeMayhew on, like, a two-year deal. Yeah, I think LeMayhew's better than Springer. Yeah, um, I agree. LeMayhew, but I think his value is being overlooked, this free agency, because it's clear he's played in the two best ballparks for hitters in baseball his whole career, yeah. in Colorado and in New York with the Yankees. And his home stats versus his road stats are way too different, in my opinion, throughout his career, that I can call him, I, that I can call him one of the best hitters in baseball. Yeah, I don't think he's one of the best hitters in baseball, but there's no doubt that he is a good hitter. And right. he gives you he's, – he's pretty good in the field, and he gives you the utility in the field. He can play anywhere in the infield. Right. Except, except shortstop. Right. He can play third base if you need him to. Extremely yeah. big second baseman for a second baseman. He can play there, though. Can obviously play first base. Well, second so. base, I'd say, might be his, his main position, I think. Not so much last year. Yeah, last year he played more first, but they had, to, they had some injuries there that forced that. But we'll see. Um, so, yeah, it was an interesting trade. I really wonder what the Indians are going to do going forward now. Right, because it looks it looks like they're heading towards a rebuild with trading Kluber last year, now trading Lindor. It brings up the question what they're going to do with Jose Ramirez. And Shane Bieber. Right. So, we, um, we'll just have to see. I think yeah. they're kind of in the same boat as the Cubs are right now, with a kind of fringe, if they can challenge for a World Series, but they have stars that are on expiring contracts. Well, I think and, I think the Cubs might have had a better record. I'm not sure. Um, but I'd say before this trade, the Indians were a better team than the Cubs. Right, but they're in similar situations in yeah. the fact that they're kind of fringe World Series contenders. They play their cards right. They obviously could be. But they have big stars on expiring contracts. And do you want to trade them or do you want to keep them and try to win one more? Yeah, and you look at it, I mean, obviously since – um, that um, world, amazing World Series in 2016 where the Cubs beat the Indians in seven games. Um, you look at that since, and since then they've kind of gone down similar paths, losing their guys, slowly slowly moving, making some more playoffs, but slowly moving down to rebuilds. And I think it'll really be the same. I mean, we saw them get rid of Lindor, Kluber, Carrasco, right? And right. then I think after this next year, you know, Who's on expiring contracts for the Cubs? Rizzo, Bryant. Um, Baez only has two uh, years left. Yeah, Baez has two years left. I mean, they're heading down similar paths. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree with that one. Again, big, massive blockbuster trade. Yeah. So why don't we move on here to so have kind of a different subject. We are both going to name 
and argue about our top 15 NBA players right now. Yeah, we're just going to um, basically go in order. I think we should start at 15 and then yeah. go down to one, and we'll argue about why we think those players should be there. So, Gabe, do you want to start off at 15? Yeah, sure. At 15, I have Wizard shooting guard Bradley Beal. Super underrated score. Average 30 points last year, near 30 points last year. Just scored 60 the other night. Super consistent, efficient, and sad that the Wizards can't win games. Yeah. Um, see, I think Bradley Beal's better than Devin Booker. Um, uh, obviously, um, I'm assuming, unless he's off the list, you have Devin Booker later. I do not have Devin Booker in my top 15. Oh, wow. So, I have Devin Booker on my, at, at 15. Um, and he's a, I mean, his overall offensive and scoring ability. He's one of the best players in the NBA at creating his own shot. I mean, Devin Booker is an amazing player. I mean, you look at his stats last year. Last year, Devin Booker, last year, Devin Booker um, averaged 26 points a game. Um, The year before that, actually the exact same, 26.6, both in both in the past two years, not including this year. His overall scoring ability is amazing. And I think he's going to do better this year. So far this year, he's averaging 21.5 points per game. He's not amazing on defense, definitely, but um, his overall scoring ability, I think, definitely um, makes him deserve a spot on this top 15. All right, so move on here to 14. I have Jason Tatum. Oh, I actually have the exact same person. I have Jason Tatum. Yeah, Jason Tatum, young star, one-time all-star. Last year averaged, excuse me, averaged, um, what? Averaged, I'm blanking on the stat. Averaged, um. Um, Jason Tatum last year had averaged 23.4 points per game. Thank you. Oh, I couldn't find it on my, on my list here. Uh, field goal percentage last year for 48%. Good shooter, consistent scorer, and I think is the clear leader and star of the Boston Celtics. So I also had Tatum at 14. He's a great shooter and driver. He's a, also a good passer and playmaker. He's a great shot creator in general, creating shots for his teammates and himself. And we saw he had great shooting ability last year, and he's pretty good on defense. Now, I'll say this. I have Bradley Beal on at 13, and I want to argue why I think Bradley Beal is better than Jason Tatum. Okay? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Last year. Bradley Beal averaged 30.5 points per game. Only person in the NBA to average more than 30 points a game besides the MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay? He's the only person to do that besides the MVP. And also, one thing that's underrated about Bradley Beal is his defense. As a natural defender, he's not um, outstanding on defense. But the reason he's able to be pretty good on defense is his hustle his heart for the game. He's giving it his best every game, which you don't see with Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's a great player, and I'm not to say he has bad effort, but, you know, these people, I mean, 
a lot of these stars, you know, they get into their head and they, they, you know, have some load management and stuff. Bradley Beal is giving it his 100% every game, okay? And you, you don't see that with everyone else. And also, Bradley Beal does more with less. Bradley Beal doesn't have people around him, but he's still – he. Ha- the fact that the Wizards were the nine seed last year is because of Bradley Beal. They didn't have John Wall or obviously like this year, Russell Westbrook. Their starting point guard was Ish Smith and Shabazz Napier. Okay. Bradley Beal had to carry that team to the nine seed. Bradley Beal does more with less. Yeah, I think that's a valid argument. But Jason Tatum, he's just such a clear young leader. And he's only 21, 22. Okay, but Jason Tatum hasn't had to carry that team by himself. He has Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, even Marcus Smart. Um, right. I think it's clear it can go either way in the Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal argument. So I'm going to move on here to my 13th spot. I think maybe a controversial pick, but I have Kyrie Irving at, at 13. Um, I did not have Kyrie Irving in my top 15. Okay. I mean, Kyrie, last year didn't play so much. We played 20 games. This year, played seven games, averaging 27 points, um, shooting over 50% from the field. He's playing excellent. His turnovers are low. He's only averaging two turnovers a game, which is pretty good for a point guard. Six assists. Just... He's, his partnership with Kevin Durant is clear that it's working, and it will work. Okay, so I want to look at Kyrie Irving's last full season. That was in 20- His last full season was his 2018-2019 year with the Cavs. Boston. Sorry, the Celtics. Boston. Um, It was with Boston. Don't know why I blinked there. But um, he averaged 23.8 points and 6.9 assists. Um, uh, So I don't think you can – say he's better than Bradley Beal. I know I've already given this argument. There, He averaged 6.9 assists as a point guard, and yes, a point guard that's scoring first, but any point guard is going to be in just more situations to get more assists, and he averaged 0.8 more assists than the shooting guard Bradley Beal, and it's not like Bradley Beal is a spe- I mean, he's a good playmaker, but he's most known for his scoring ability. And so is Kyrie Irving. But I think it's the stats just show Bradley Beal is better than that, uh, is a better scorer than Kyrie Irving. And he's better on defense. Yeah. Kyrie Irving is a bit of a liability on defense. Um, I think, though, different in Boston, this, this year – he will continue to play excellent with Kevin Durant, and I guarantee that. He's a great scorer. He's got weapons around him. That's a very deep team. His turnovers are a lot lower than they have been in the past. Not a lot lower, but lower than they have been in the past. And I think this year kind of comes back to his Cleveland four. Yeah, so obviously I've already made my Beal argument, and he's my 13. Um so I'll go to number 12. My number 12 is Paul George. Um, I think Paul George is a great player. He has a great overall scoring ability. And the thing about Paul George is 
that I think an argument against him is he doesn't he's not that number one guy. Like he has Kawhi right. around him. But I think against that you look at say, geez, he has the person that I'm not going to give away, but I, I'll say I have him as a top three player. So, you have this guy that's a top three player, and you still manage to put up 21 points a game. Okay? You have Kawhi Leonard, who's obviously a great – he's great on defense, but he's also obviously a great scorer, and you're still putting up 21 points a game. He's a great shooter. shooter sorry. Um, he's a great shooter. He's also a great driver, and he can pass his overall scoring ability, and he's a good playmaker. He's a good shot creator. He'll get, he'll pass the ball and get, you know, these catch-and-shoot situations. And you don't see that on the assists, but if you watch him, um, he is a pretty good passer, and he's obviously a great shooter and a great driver, and he's solid on defense. He's pretty good. Well, he's not, right. he's not great, but he's, you know, he's a pretty good defender. Yeah. I also have Paul George in my 12th spot. I think people that leave him out of their top 15, some people even leave him out of their top 20, is simply because of the recency bias and that he didn't play very well in the bubble. Yeah. Um, right? I 25 points per game this year. Um, he's. I think he's an underrated defender. Near One and a half steals a game. I mean... Uh, yeah, I have the same exact arguments as you did. Yeah. He's just able to score, and he pairs nicely with with Kawhi Leonard on the wing. And yeah. yeah. So I'll give you my number eleven, and my number eleven is Jimmy Butler. And here's what I'll say: If you told me before the bubble last year that I would have Jimmy Butler as the eleventh best player in the NBA, I'd think you're crazy. Because last year, before the bubble, I thought Jimmy Butler was so overrated, okay? I thought he gets to the free throw line, that's what he does best, but besides that, can he do that much more? That's what I thought. And one of his best things, if not his best, is still getting to the free throw line, but what we showed in the bubble last year was purely having having a love for the game, and he has the heart, and he has the hustle. He's putting his best in in the game. He's he is putting his 100% in every game, and he's a leader. He will make the people around him better. He's your he's your classic. You know, you'll have a speech about him in a movie in the future because he's a, he's a leader who loves the game. You know, and I think that's what makes him an, the 11th best player. I mean, just yes, that Heat team last year had good players. They obviously had Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero. That team, just on paper, by no means was better than the Celtics, okay? But he led that team to make people around him better to bring them to the championship. Right. Another same spot here. Also, Jimmy Butler at 11. I think his just overall leadership and his ability to just lead, he just changes the entire Heat team, right? Last year, 20 points a game. Great defender, nearly two steals a game, six assists, six rebounds, just. And he's also, he's not great from the three. Only shot 25% from the three last year. He's not a, he's by no means a three-point shooter. No, but in the past, he's shot 30, 37 in his best season in 18-19 from the three with Minnesota. And, yeah, I think... Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So I'll say my number 10 is Damian Lillard. And I want to say I was wrong before when I said the only two people to score over 30 points a game were Beal and Giannis. Damian Lillard also scored 30 points per game last year. Um, and obviously we all know Damian Lillard is a liability on defense. He's not a good defender. But he is amazing on offense. You just watch the game and he does stuff that no one else can do. Um, well, not no one else, but that most people can't do. Just these deep threes, these step backs. And he's a good driver. He's a good slasher. He's a good passer. He'll get, he'll, he'll, you know, last year he had eight, eight assists a game. Okay. He'll get other people the ball too. I mean, he'll make it. We all know he'll make his shots, but he's also just a great overall short shooter. He's great at creating his own shot, which we all know, but he's also a great scorer. He'll drive in and get the bucket. He'll get his team points by passing, being a shot creator with his teammates, getting teammates the ball that are open and, and creating shots for his teammates. And he's just so good on offense. While he is a liability on defense, I think his offense makes up for that for being the 10th player in the NBA. Right. I have um, at number 10, I have Nuggets star center Nikola Jokic. It's triple double machine, best passing big man of all time. Not even a competition, in my opinion. Bill Russell? Yeah. Well, Bill Russell played in a completely different era. I don't really like to compare Bill Russell to modern day NBA players, but Nikola Jokic, excellent player, pairs really well with Jamal Murray. His only flaw is his defense. He's still a decent defender, but for an NBA center, not great. But again, just his offensive game, do everything on offense. I, I think mean, he pairs really well with Jamal Murray. I mean, look, I mean, I think I, so I'll say this I had Nikola Jokic nine, and I think he definitely deserves to be nine. I mean, I, I wouldn't say he's the best passing center in NBA history. I think it's Bill Russell, but we're not going to get into that now. He's definitely the best passing center in the NBA now. Last year, averaged 20 points a game. I mean, and you look, he last year averaged seven assists for a center, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, and like we said, with the passing, he'll he's a great shot creator for his other teammates. You know, he'll he'll get them he'll get them the ball, and and then they'll do good with the ball that he got them. I know that's weird wording, but whatever. Um, um, and also, he's a good shooter. He's not a center that's best playing bully ball. He's a center that's best being being in the perimeter, passing it, getting these great passes, and shooting, and getting buckets any way he can. Right. At my So I had him number nine. I think he's definitely yeah. deserving of that number nine spot. Yeah, at my number nine spot, I have Luka Doncic. Star, young, Mavericks, guard. I think just, again, triple-level machine, just like Nikola Jokic. I think he will, at some point in his career, average a triple-double a season. And he'll be pretty efficient with it, too. I mean, last year, shot 46% of the field, 31% from three. This year, he's struggling from the three, only shooting 20% in seven games. But he's still giving you that scoring inside the paint. He's still giving you those passings those passes, and he's still giving you that rebounding. To be honest, I think you're doing him a little bit dirty there, giving him number nine. I had – I think I just – I'll give him – I'll say this, going a bit ahead. I had him number seven, which I know isn't that much. But, I mean, last year, 28 points per game, one of the highest NBA, 8.8 assists per game with 
Um, um, with last year having what nine rebounds, ten rebounds a game. Nine rebounds. Yeah, nine boards a game. I mean, that's that's like unhurt. Um, if you're not Russell Westbrook, or you're if you're not averaging a triple double, that's unheard of. Okay, eight point eight assists a game and nine boards for a shooting guard with twenty eight points. I mean, that's outstanding. He has. I'd say after James Harden, he has the best step back in the NBA. He has the best step back in the NBA by not traveling. Because um, we all know James Harden travels on his every time. But he's he's young. He's only going to get better, which is scary to think about. Because he's already one of the best players in the NBA. And like I said, I'm at seven. He's one of the best players in the NBA at creating his own shot, and he's a good passer as well. And that's why I have him at number seven. I think he's I think, more deserving than that number nine spot. I think the only reason I have him at number nine is I just haven't seen enough of him. Don't watch a lot of Mavericks basketball, I'm not going to be honest here. The first time I really watched Luka Doncic was in the playoffs last year. He was, he was, he was good. He wasn't he – was, he was great, but he wasn't, like, insane. He wasn't – Anything like that, but I think I just haven't seen enough of him to rank him over. During the regular season last year, he was amazing. I think I know. I just again, I he's already deserving of that number seven spot. I just again have not seen enough of him. It's the only reason I cannot put him against my number eight, Damian Lillard. All right. So, um, I assume you have my number eight higher on the board. And and his name is – oh, and gosh, I was so wrong. I guess towards the end of the year it definitely changed. My person also averaged above 30 points a game last year, and uh, you might have heard of him. He goes by the name of James Harden. Um, right. I think he's – he's. I know you definitely have him higher up the list. That's wrong, but we'll you see. Don't, wait, you don't have him in the top 15. No, I have him at seven. Higher, but not that much higher. 34. Here's what I'll say. I know he hasn't been as good this year as he was last year, but even this year he's averaging 29 points a game. But that's just because the first two games he was very good and recently he hasn't been as good. But you can't put him lower than, like, number eight because because of that. Because, I mean, look, he still was amazing last year. He still averaged 34 points a game with seven points a game. And the thing is – People see him for his shooting. Yeah, he has a great step back. His driving ability, his ability to fake the step back and go in and get the layup. It's amazing. No, I don't know if anyone can do it better than him. And he's just such a good player. Even with what he's done this year, you just, yeah, we know he's put on a couple pounds. Um, but still, he's still an amazing player. He's still outstanding. And he still does stuff that no one else can do. And he's amazing. Yeah, my number um, eight spot, I have Damian Lillard, excellent scorer, can create his own shot, can get his teammates open. He's an efficient shooter, right? Shot 46% from the field last year, right? 30 points a game, eight assists. He's not a great defender whatsoever, but just his ability to kind of carry the Portland Trailblazers to the playoffs last year and play excellent and just such a great scorer. I just here's what I don't get. How can you put Damian Lillard 
How can you put Damian Lillard above Luka Doncic and um, Nikola Jokic? I just I get I, Jokic for a center. For me, you have to be a great defender. He's not. Reason, a, he's not a bad defender. I never said he was. And Damian I never said Lillard he was a bad defender. defender. And Damian Lillard. He's different. He's a point guard. Point guards still have to be good defenders, Gabe. Yes, but not nearly as much as centers do. I think I haven't seen enough of Luka Doncic to rank him higher than Damian Lillard, but I've watched quite a bit of. I just love his ability to get open. 40% of the three last season, 46% from the field, 30 points a game, eight assists, and carried the Portland Trailblazers to the eight seed. Yeah. Luka Doncic, I mean, sorry, Nikola Jokic averaged 20 points per game, seven assists, and 9.7 rebounds, almost 10 rebounds per game. Okay, Damian Lillard, yes, he averaged 30 points, but he also had the ball in his hands much more. Obviously, you can't count the rebounds against him, but eight assists. The fact that Nikola Jokic is a center who, A, is much better at defense than Damian Lillard, and he has only one less assist than him per game shows how good he is. And I don't think with those that defense, you can put him, you can put Dame above him. Um, But... Also, my biggest thing I think who's definitely better is Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic saying, I'll say if you're going to number seven, Luka is my number seven guy, like I said before. He has 8.8 assists per game, 9.4 total rebounds per game, and 28.8 points per game. And he's pretty good on defense, too. And compare, just compare those stats to Damian Lillard, and he's just better. But, again, I still have not watched enough Luka Doncic to call him – just based off the stats, better than Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. Luka Doncic has been averaging. Luka Doncic for the for two years. Luka Doncic averaged twenty points. That's like saying you haven't seen enough of Jason Tatum. But I I don't watch Mavericks basketball. That's the problem. I've I've watched a fair amount of Celtics games. I've watched a fair amount of Damian Lillard film. His just his ability to create for himself and for his teammates. I think it's super close. The Damon Luca argument, it's can go either way. Just haven't watched enough Luca Doncic to rank him over Damian Lillard. Alright. So you've obviously heard about my number seven, who's Luca Doncic. And Gabe has mentioned that his number seven is James Harden, but yeah. can we talk about him? Yeah, James Harden, excellent last year. He's just I such a great scorer. Like you said, his ability with his step back and shooting ability leads him to be an excellent driver. You can't just lay off of him at the three-point line. You have to guard him up close. He'll do the step back, and then he'll get past you with the step back. He'll use Euro step, travels a little bit, not just a little bit. He travels a fair amount on his step back. But they don't call it. Right. But three-time leader in scoring in the NBA, 34 points per game last year, 7.5 assists last year, 11 assists this year, to be fair, only through five games, but that's still extremely impressive. And he's efficient with it, right? Last year, 44% from the field and 35% from the three which is not insane, but that is above average in both of those. He can easily create for himself, and he's an underrated passer 
in my opinion. Yeah, I think he's a great player. I'd say last year he was definitely above eight. Just what he's done this year has just knocked notched it down a little bit to d- down to eight, but still great. Yeah. Um, so now going to my number six. Mm-hmm. Um, this might be saying like some people might say he should be a little bit better, but he's a great player. I have Anthony Davis um, at number six. Last year, oh. obviously joined LeBron in winning the championship. Um, winning the ring, and then um, he averaged 26 points per game, uh, was a finalist for um, Defensive Player of the Year, 12 rebounds a game. So we obviously know here. Anthony Davis is an amazing player on defense, okay? We all know that. Last, last, year, Anthony, last year, Anthony Davis had 4.4 defensive win shares, okay? He's great on defense. But he's also a great rebounder. He had 12 rebounds last year. He's a great scorer. We know he's definitely improved his shooting since his days in New Orleans. He's a good shooter now. One thing he is, his stats won't show it, but if you watch Lakers basketball, he's a solid passer. Right. He'll create shots for other players. He's great off the pick and roll. Um Great even off the pick and fade if you put him there. And his he's obviously great on defense, and he has a great scoring ability. Yeah, I also have Anthony Davis at my number six spot. I think – yeah, I just agree with everything you just said. 26 points per game last year, 84% from the free throw line, which is very, very impressive, especially from a big man. Shot over 50% of the field last year. 33% from the three, which isn't great overall, but is pretty good for a big man, right? I mean, excellent on the pick and roll. His rebound numbers, I think, do advantage from him being on the Lakers and them just shooting the ball so much. But, yeah, I just agree with everything you said. Yeah. So, my my number five guy um uh i have best shooter in nba history steph curry again um, i oh you go um uh obviously we didn't get oh um just lost my thing there for a second sorry obviously we didn't get to see much of him last year he played five games but if we look back at his last full year played 2018 to 2019, obviously, with the Warriors. Um, Average 27.3 points per game. Obviously great. 5.2 points per game, which for a point guard, you wouldn't think is outstanding. But when you're shooting as much as he is and as well, like he, even the fact that, look, he's shooting so much and still had a 40, um, a 43%. He had a 43% three-point percentage. And when you're shooting as much as he is and you're shooting 43%, that's just outstanding. Like I said, um, best three-point shooter in NBA history. I wouldn't um, – I he's not amazing on defense, but I wouldn't say he's – honestly, he's not very good. I wouldn't say he's nearly as much of a liability on defense as like Damian Lillard or Kyrie Irving is. He's not good on defense, but I wouldn't necessarily like say he's – horrendous on defense right yeah. I, uh, I also have Stephen Curry at my number five spot just such a such a great player 
uh, yeah, look back to his last full season, 27 points per game. Eight, through eight games this year, 29, nearing 30%, 30 points per game. Clearly just the greatest shooter in NBA history. Two-time MVP, six-time All-Star. There's the only flaw in his game is his defense. He's not a terrible, horrendous defender, but he's obviously not a good one. Yeah. Um. So we've been agree. Jeez, we've been in agreement many times, but um, yeah. I I'll go with my number four guy. Um, I have obviously um played a long time with the Oklahoma City Thunder, but is now residing on with the Brooklyn Nets. He goes by the name of Kevin Durant. Um, yeah. Again, this is like the third straight time, but I right, also have weird. Kevin this Durant at number four. Weird. People are going to think we just did this together, but we, I promise we did it. Um, Kevin Durant, um, last full year, 2018-2019, um, with the Warriors. Um, Kevin, here's what I'll say. Kevin Durant is debatably the best scorer in NBA history. Yeah, I agree. He might be I think the best scorer. The only person, the only scorer you can compare him with is Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um, his last full year, 26 points per game. He he'll net he and he averaged like six assists point get per game, which is honestly for someone that's have as good of a scorer as he is, that's pretty good. Um even six rebounds per game with that 26 points. And he's also he's also pretty good on defense. I mean, his last full year, yeah, he, he had three win shares, which isn't, you know, outstanding, but it's pretty good. And he's just a great scorer, 26 points per game. And you even look at his days in OKC, obviously that's not what he is now, but he's putting up 30 points per game. But he's just a great player. I think he's going to come back this year and just, light up the NBA. Yeah, I mean, four-time scoring champ, 10-time all-star, debatably a top-ten player of all time. Such as just, in my opinion, the greatest scorer of all time. He just seven feet tall and can do it all on offense, which is just so scary to think. Yeah, so to be completely honest, I'd say I might have Kevin Durant as my number three guy, and the person I'm about to say is my number four. Mm-hmm. And that's Giannis. Oh my! I didn't even realize Giannis fell down below thirty points per game last year. But um, he average Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now I'd say I guess I do have him as the number four guy. Um, and here's why. Yes, you look at the stats. Obviously, twenty nine point five point five points per game. With that scoring, 5.6 assists and 13 rebounds with winning Defensive Player of the Year. Great on defense. At the end of the day, what are the most important games? The playoffs. And when it matters. Giannis, even in the regular season, Giannis Antetokounmpo cannot come up in big moments. He has proven time after time again that he can't come up in big moments in the regular season and in the playoffs. He hasn't led his team. He just hasn't led his team anywhere. Okay. Big moments and in the playoffs, he he just hasn't been able to be there to be the guy that will lead his team to a championship and lead his team throughout the playoffs. And that's why I'd say I'd move Kevin Durant above him because Kevin Durant has won some championships. Right. I, at my number three spot, I have Kawhi Leonard. I think his, it's just, he's just so good. 
obviously an excellent, 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 excellent defender. So good on the wing. 27 points per game. Best 3 and D player in basketball. Well, yeah, he's, uh, he's more than three and D. He can, right, but I can I I'm describing he can he can do it all on offense. Great defender. The only reason I have Giannis above him is just because the awards Giannis has accumulated. Well, just in just in the last two years. Well, I I have um, Kawhi at. I'll say I have Kawhi at number two, and yeah, you say in the in the past two years, um, he's been above him. Well, let's look at the past three years. Kawhi has one award that Giannis doesn't, and that's a championship. Kawhi right. led Kawhi led the Toronto Raptors to a championship, and he did it. He came up in big moments. Obviously, we all remember the crazy shot against the Sixers when the ball bounced on the rim. I don't know how many times. It was like story. four, maybe yeah, five. Yeah, funny times. story. I was watching that with a Sixers fan, but. That's for another time. Um, um, and he has one thing he doesn't. He's a championship. He's been able to be the guy. He's been able to lead his team in big moments throughout the playoffs and the regular season. And that's why I have him above Giannis and KD above him, probably. I'm still right. unsure about the Giannis KD thing. But. Right. Okay. So, move on to my number two. Uh, she's. Giannis Antetokounmpo, back-to-back MVP, defensive player of the year. <laughs> he's his only flaw is he can't come up in big games. He's such a yeah, but great, that's maybe the most great scorer. Thing. Twenty-nine point twenty-nine points per game last year. Thirteen rebounds. It's just his athleticism and his physique and his just scoring ability and his defense. He has no flaws in his game. In his overall basketball playing game, he has zero flaws. Yeah. He's a decent shooter for being seven feet tall. Eh, he's not a very good shooter. For being seven feet tall, I'd call him a decent shooter. I think his shooting has improved over his time in the NBA. And to think the fact that he could develop a good three-point shot is so incredibly scary. So... Um. Yeah, I guess we both have the number one guy. I think I he's think... the undisputed best player in basketball. Yeah, I mean, it's LeBron James. Yeah. You're just never going to stop him from winning a championship. I'm sorry. Obviously, yeah, you can look at his stats last year. Not as good as Giannis. Cool. Congratulations. LeBron James is won the championship. LeBron James isn't going to stop winning championships unless the unless the Warriors or the Nets can stop him. But in the past, LeBron James hasn't stopped winning championships. He's just a Q. He's the guy. He's the right. guy. He's, he is the man. Arguably the greatest player of all time. I don't like to go debate. It's a stupid debate in my opinion. But he's, there's, he's so good. He can, there's, it's the only way to describe him. He's just great. 25 points per game last year. Led the league in assists with 10, 10 assists last year. Eight rebounds. Obviously won the championship. So, just such a great player. Um, yeah, all right. So that wraps up our top 15. Yeah, uh, I think we, we, had, we had pretty different and pretty similar top 15s at the same time. Yeah, I think for the most part they were pretty similar. Yeah. But, um, uh, just one last quick segment here. And that is me kind of ranting about the Wizards. Okay? Scott Brooks is so 
bad, okay? He is maybe the worst coach in the NBA. Look at the game against the Sixers. Beal score in the first three quarters. Beal scores fifty-seven points, and he only, yes, when you could say that they started doing a little bit worse when they put him in, but that still doesn't matter. You still should have put him in, and they kept he kept him out for half of the fourth quarter, okay? Kept him out for half of the fourth quarter. Why would you? Someone has scored 57 points in the first three quarters. Why would he be out for half of the fourth quarter? Okay. And look at a couple games ago. We were down by three with five seconds left. Instead of passing it to Beal, to just, we're down by three, five seconds left. Instead of just passing it to Beal to run down the floor and get a shot, we decide to, if you've ever seen the Christian Leitner shot, it yeah. was. It was the, he almost kind of tried to do that where he had the inbounder just kind of chuck it to Thomas Bryan at the top of the key to get kind of like a Leitner shot off and um, obviously didn't work. It, the pass just soared over Thomas Bryan's head. And obviously that's a terrible call. You have Bradley Beal, you know, Bradley Beal, the person I had as the 13th best player in the NBA, amazing scorer, and you don't give it to him. What are you doing? He's probably the worst coach in the NBA. And just about the Wizards, John Wall trade, not looking good. John Wall, um, if I just um, if I just pull this up really quick, John Wall right now, this year, is averaging 23 points a game. John Wall is playing well. He's averaging 23 points a game, five assists. But he's doing – you can tell he's honestly – with the the torn um, Achilles that he had, he's just looking more explosive than we thought he would be. Obviously, he was insanely explosive before, but we thought he'd definitely cooled down with the torn Achilles. And he's cooled down a little bit, but not as much as we thought he would. Then you look at Westbrook, 20.5 points a game. But Russell Westbrook is averaging five turnovers, turnovers a game. Averaging five turnovers a game. Oh my God. And he's keeping the ball in his hands for too much. And yes, he's, he's right now, Russell Westbrook in the first, he, this year, Russell Westbrook has played six games and the assists and the rebounds are great and the points are good too. But the, so far that trade is not looking good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's, I don't, yeah, that's, I agree with everything you said there. So wrap up this episode. Thank you all for listening. Hope you tune in next time, and we will see you later. Peace. Peace.